Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, everyone, to the Westworld DVR podcast. My name is Axel. I'm with, uh, of course, my co-host, Heath Snowlow Solo. He is here with us as well. I do want to start out by thanking everyone so much for the great response to the podcast. Um, we're getting a ton of people listening. We're getting a ton of email sent to westworlddvr at gmail.com. We've also got a Facebook page set up, Westworld DVR. Just put that in Facebook. Or you can go to our Twitter page, at Westworld DVR, and there's a link there to our Facebook group. We're having a lively conversation there. I posted my rewatch episode notes, um, and if you go there, you can look at those. You'll see some of the stuff we'll hit in the show tonight. Some of it we'll probably miss because it was like eight pages long. I really went into some detail. I'm going to try to do that each week if I can, Um, but go join our Facebook group. That's Westworld DVR. And I do want to give a shout out to everyone who has given us iTunes reviews. Um, I think we left off last week. Since then, we've gotten a couple more reviews from US WhoCast, which is Matt. Thank you. Brandon Mack, Dan Molderlock, and Coke Logic. We got a couple more reviews that didn't write anything, so I don't know who did them, but we thank you. And I know we have some UK reviews from Q Poison and from Gareth, and I think Tariq left us a review on the UK iTunes. Uh, We thank you for that as well. Um, But generally, this has been an awesome experience so far. We're only on episode three. Um, This is really a community that's growing and... I don't like Facebook. Um, I actually swore off Facebook. I came back just for the podcast. And you know what? It was worth it. We had a discussion today where it was like 20, 30 deep of people talking about the show. um, And it's just awesome. So um, without any further ado, here's Heath. How you doing, Heath? Doing good, brother. Excellent. I'm excited about the pod. I, oh man, I really love this episode. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, that's great, dude. Awesome. Uh, let me ask you. There was actually we had a few um, a few Twitter ads where people were a little disappointed in the episode, but I really liked it, and I liked it more on the second watch. But what did you like about it? Um, you know, it's funny because I, I I watched it. I was like, okay, I, I I thought I was really confused, and then when I watched it the second time. I don't know. I just, it, for me, it really starts. I mean, I like the shootouts and everything, but it really started with the Bernard and Ford conversation. Then the rest of the episode, I just thought, I I thought it was intriguing. I I really was into it. Um, I, I, wow. I didn't realize people were disappointed with it. It's funny because last week I was a little more down. And then after we talked about it, I was like, okay, I liked it. But this week I just, 
for some reason they must they hit a lot of origin points and i felt like i was starting to understand <laughs> i know we're all confused most of the time but i, I kind of felt like i was understanding what was going on not knowing everything i mean there was a lot of new stuff but i i just i, I just thought it was fantastic yeah i i did too um i really liked it though i can see we're settling in now to this world you know and yep. i think that that may be what people were initially feeling. Um, and maybe what I initially felt too, like it just maybe, maybe it was also like, there was also a part of me that felt like I should be getting this more by now. And I think I'm getting it, but it's, it's just kind of keeps on going. And, I like that about it, but it's a little frustrating. It takes a lot of trust, you know, and mm -hmm. I, for one, want to say, and it's throughout my show notes, and I was saying this on Twitter, I think we were fed, especially by Ford in this episode, just a whole lot of bullshit. I don't believe any of it. I don't believe any of the Arnold shit. This stuff with Bernard and his son, it just, every, it, it just seemed so artificial to me the way he was talking to them almost like they were, the, they were hosts and maybe they are. Um, but I just felt like all that backstory didn't sit well with me at first and I thought it was a little bit too much exposition, though I craved that. And then as I rewatched it, I just had a glaring feeling that it just didn't seem right to me but did you buy all that stuff uh i don't know <laughs> well what specific like you're just talking about do you I'm think sorry. there was a guy named arnold who was his partner well see yeah that that's that is the thing that i have a question about who is arnold is arnold real is arnold just like an artificial thing like added to the program. I don't know if Arnold is real or not that I, I, I'm kind of going both ways. Like, okay, it makes sense that his old partner, Arnold, yada, yada, yada. Or is that like Ford's like alternate, <laughs> uh, you know, self when they talk with Dolores about, you know, when Bernard and Dolores are talking about two cells, two different, almost two different timelines or two different consciousness or whatever. I'm like, is that his when he's in the game? Cause he, cause uh, Ford does say that Arnold died in the, in the, in the park. So, but it was covered up. I, I don't know. I, this episode, I really felt that Ford was a little more psycho and a little <laughs> more darker. And so I, I, I don't know if I can believe him or not with yeah. the stuff. He so that's why we're doing the podcast, buddy. So we can analyze it and figure it out. That's the truth, baby. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just, I, I just thought all of it was very ham handed in the first episode we did. I said, I remember I said something. I wish I could rewind, go find it, pop it in the podcast right now. If I was as good an editor as Matt or something, I'd go and do that. But I said something like 
there's so many tropes with this, like somebody's dead son or his partner helped him and he's re like, these have been done so many times that I'm, I'm just getting this feeling that this same, this same repetitive loop, this same story that the hosts are fed and these, and this new backstory that he introduces when I rewatched it, it's like right after he has these conversations, we see this change. Like he has the conversation with Bernard. He yells at the, at the, um, employee who's, uh, put a sheet over the host. Right. And he, it's like he purposefully does it in front of Bernard and then he looks back to Bernard and he says, now, what did you want Bernard? Like, it's so typical. And then he gives him the whole backstory about Arnold. And then he has the picture on his desk. He shows him, Oh, he never saw that picture before. And then when he's leaving, he says, um, don't, don't make that mistake that Arnold made. I have it somewhere in my notes here. Um, let's see. Bernard thinks, okay. In this office scene, they talk about the bicameral mind, which we'll, we'll talk about, but he says, don't forget the hosts are not real. You must not make Arnold's mistake. And then immediately after that, Arnold has the conversation with, um, I mean, Bernard, it's not immediately, it's maybe two scenes after Bernard has a conversation with Dolores where he's kind of deciding whether or not he wants to continue down this road with her. The, the, the conversation you were earlier talking about, right? About two, she says, I'm not two, I'm one. Right. And then he kind of decides to go forward with it, which is, I think exactly what Ford wants. So I just feel like I, I don't know. It just all feels like a story to me. It all feels like this fake backstory that we found out last episode that there was going to be this new storyline. And I had proposed that it's like a meta storyline that's involving actually all these people. And I ha to me, I still feel that way. And I feel like there's other parts of it as well, as we get more into it, we got have some emails we're going to talk about too, but I really feel this whole meta storyline, including Wyatt and, um, Teddy and this new backstory, it's just all, I don't know, man, it's just very fishy to me. Well, yeah, because think about that. I, I, I like the scene with Ford and Teddy when he, oh, presses two buttons and he, he automatically has his new backstory. And then Bernard, I mean, Bernard goes to visit Ford and Ford gives him a whole backstory on all of a sudden. Now he's telling him about Arnold because of course, some of the hosts are talking to a man named Arnold. So there's some glitch there. Uh, and then of course the one Hemsworth brother jokes or does he joke? Oh, it's probably in my backstory when he's out there fight, looking for the stray. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was if that was him just being facetious, or because <laughs> he said it and then they didn't mention it. It's, it. You think he'd be facetious, like oh yeah, like you have a backstory. But is this you know is this dude a 
Android or something, <laughs> you know, who knows, but probably not. But I'm just saying, I, I found it interesting that he, he mentioned the backstory thing. Um, so yeah, it, it, it feels like Ford is manipulating Bernard and of course hitting about his son, Charlie. And he, he, it's almost like a Columbo scene, you know, mm-hmm. he's going one way and then he's like, Oh, one more thing. Or he's, you know, and even the the look Bernard gives Ford after he cuts the uh, host's face that was covered up, he he just is like shocked. It's almost like he's acting like that guy Lee, just to be like, yeah, he's normal. He acts crazy, and then he's like, oh, like you said, well, Bernard, what were you talking about? You know, it. I don't know what the heck that was, but uh, it's just I, I don't know what to believe. Yeah. Most shows you get backstory or you get a information dump scene and you trust it. But I like, I do like it though, that we don't know. This is one of those shows. I'm okay with not getting everything, not having to feel superior, like a book reader of game of Thrones or something, (laughs) but I'm, I'm kind of okay. Questioning myself. I like that with this show. So I'm kind of in, I mean, yeah, I would like to figure stuff out, but at the same time, I'm okay. I'm okay with, with not really knowing because, you know, we don't get shows like this that often, or, or maybe I just don't watch a lot of those shows or I do. And then they're finished. It only seems like we get one or two every few years versus having tons of shows we have to think about. So, um, again, I don't know if I can trust Ford, probably not. Bernard's a complex character. I, I, I'm wondering, but now I do understand more with the whole Dolores thing, what he's been doing with her, why he's saying, you know, don't tell anybody about this because he's going on the He decides not to, you know, update her, wa- wash her memory away or whatever. He's going to go down the path. So I think he knows what's about to happen. Um, you know, it was interesting too when he, when he gives uh, her the book, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland. I know that was very interesting. So it's just like stuff like that. It was like starting to pick up. Oh, okay. I see where he's going with this, but does Bernard really know what's going to happen? Does he have, I mean, you think he's smart enough, but I mean, cause the whole thing is these hosts thinking for themselves, that could be dangerous. And does Bernard really know what's about to happen or is he going to go along and see? And of course, everyone's keeping Bernard and Ford, you know, Ford's like, make sure you tell me if anything goes wrong and blah, blah, blah. And of course, they're keeping information from each other. So it's a back and forth that can be frustrating. But at the same time, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. See, I my feeling is that this is all purposeful, man. What what's Mm -hmm. to me, what's happening in the lab is just as cyclical and just as um, ru- routine as what's happening in Westworld. They keep on coming up and saying something's going wrong. Somebody looks at the robot, they just send it out again. So I don't know if that is a a literal clue that the idea that I had before, that like the lab is part of Westworld or that it's just different level. It's showing you that it's like different levels of the same game. And the way the lab runs is the way that Westworld is going to run because they're running it. You know what I, you know what I mean? It's just, it's thematic, 
but yeah. it seems like Elise is pick uh, Elsie. I'm sorry, Elsie is picking up on what's going wrong, and she's trying to tell. She keeps on trying to tell Bernard. Bernard doesn't tell Ford, but Ford says he wants to know. But then Bernard finally does tell Ford, and Ford just kind of waves it away. You know, and then he just, which is keeping the cycle going. And that's why I just feel like he, it's just, he is just this master game person who's playing it on many different levels. And this introduction of this idea of this bicameral mind and that this voice in their head is, is a God voice and it's actually Arnold who's speaking to them. It's the remnants of code that he left. That's another thing. They keep on doing that. The remnants of the reveries, the remnants of their past, uh, host experiences. Now it's the remnants of Arnold, but then they keep on talking about that. They wipe them, but I, but they're not, it's very, it, oh, it, it just seems too meta to me that it's like the show within the show is the same as the show. It's all the same thing. And, but like you, um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm enjoying the crazy questions, but there is the question of how long they can keep kind of stringing us along. You know what I'm saying? Solo. Well, I mean, if yeah, especially if Arnold goes, if, if we hear his voice and he says, what you talking about, Willis? I'm <laughs> sorry, I had to. I had to drop that in. Um, yeah, no, I know. But, you know, it's only been three episodes, though. Yeah. Like, but, but, you know, there were people and uh, uh, there were I'm just thinking about, you know, a show that I mean, I think Lost is very similar to this show where you don't know what the hell's going on. Is this real? Is this a where? Oh, are they on the all that kind of stuff? And it's kind of funny that they had like the monster noises like Lost when <laughs> when it's Wyatt's tribe and they hear, oh my god, what's that? And it's like the same kind of thing. But um, I'm not frustrated with it. I'm really thoroughly enjoying it. But I'm just kind of wondering. You know, there was a tweet that someone put out the other day that was saying, like, Westworld isn't really a TV show. It's just a generator for blogs, podcasts, <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, and clickbait. And I was thinking, that's really interesting. And it's true. And they must have known that. And I mean, like, come on, this is the guy who wrote Memento. This is the guy who wrote, um, you know, helped write the Batman movies. This guy, this is not a dumb dude. You know, yeah. Jonah Nolan has a lot of experience, uh, inception with coming up with these type of ideas. So I don't think like with lost, okay, JJ Abrams, but he didn't really even have, he had a reputation for like, Oh, the secret thing, like an alias, but it wasn't as deep and as complex and as intelligent as Memento and the other films I mentioned, you know, I mean, those are crazy. So. Well, yeah. I think JJ was more of, he'd, he'd scratch the surface, but he'd do it. So everyone could kind of get it versus this complex, like what the hell is going on? 
J- I think JJ more knew his audience. Uh, not not that Dr. Nolan doesn't know his audience. Um, what I'm trying to say is, it, yeah, it felt like JJ's mysteries were stuff you could kind of more follow yeah. and not fill your brain with it. This one, like an Inception, just seems like so complex, like to the another level. Whereas, I mean, to be honest, JJ's stuff was ABC, whatever Felicity was on, you know, the, the more network. And then as you go over to HBO, you, you know, they, it, it, it changes. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. This is. Well, no, it's like, I just want to just interject real quick. It's kind of like the difference between like Spielberg and Kubrick. Actually, that's exactly what you just saying that just summed up what I was trying to say. <laughs> exactly. There we go. Um, do you, there is a lot to discuss. Do you want to jump into some emails to kind of spur the discussion? And I have my notes and you have your ideas and we'll, we'll kind of go from there, but we did get yeah, a, I agree. I, cause we do have a bunch of emails more than normal and I want to make sure we hit everyone's email cause we really appreciate it. But yeah, we can interject with the emails. And then, like you said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's hit an email. Well, like we did, we got a ton of emails, um, and we're going to try to go through them all and we appreciate it. And we hope it is normal. Yes. Keep it coming. We, we, we want this, <clears throat> excuse me. It, it, it's nice. I'm realizing with the whole podcasting thing, we've been doing it for a while, but when you have solid people, like, like we have emailed this week, a community, we're starting to build a community. We never did a Facebook page for any, podcast before realizing that that that's a way to really keep our community together together and we realize there is a platform for everyone not everyone can record a podcast every night or we'd be listening to each other's podcasts but this is great so we want to kind of keep it going and really excited that you know we get a lot of familiar faces some new some new people but so it's we really appreciate it so please keep it coming all right well our first is from james Lattimore. Was a jam-packed show. First, is Arnold really dead? Is there a connection between him and the MIB? Now, this is all over the Reddit and everything that, you know. No! No! No Reddit? That's okay. Uh, No, I like Reddit, man. Um, Is there a connection between Arnold and MIB? A lot of people say Arnold is MIB. um, Or... um, he is the, I heard this one. He is the transferred consciousness of MIB. What do you think about any connection between Arnold and MIB? But you know, my thoughts, I don't think there is an Arnold. That's what I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not ready to say yet, but I'm leaning towards there. I'd, I'd like to believe Ford, but I don't trust the bastard, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, right now, I don't know the whole there's got to be some connection with MIB and Arnold because of the flashes from, you know, my interpretation. It just seems like MIB is in, in, you know, 30 years. He's like implanted in visions and he's always around. And, and so I'm just there's got to be a connection there. I think that 30 years is key. Okay. It's been there coming along. So I think, I think we're on, I think that 
us and the folks are on the right track with that. All right. He says, um, I thought Elsie's head was about to become pancake flat. <laughs> Why did the stray self-destruct? Well, what's funny with that is upon first watch, I thought when Hemsworth was climbing up, he was pulling the stray back and he was hitting himself. Then the second time I realized he just self-destructed and didn't kill her. So it was, it was interesting. It would have been interesting had we done the initial reaction podcast. I would have been like, wait, what? But now watching it a second time, I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a different perspective. Um, yeah, why did he self-destruct? Well, the stray, you know, evidently with the Orion thing and him doing things that he isn't programmed to do. Um, the, the only explanation I have at this point, Axel, is if he gets caught, they're able to get more information from him. Your classic taking that capsule and killing yourself before you, you know, you give information to the government or whatever. I just feel like something was programmed if he was found that he had to uh, maybe kill himself because he didn't kill the Hemsworth. He knocked him out. And then kind of gut up. So, because I don't think, um, what's her name that almost got killed? Elsie. But What is it? Elsie. Oh, Elsie. Yeah, Elsie. Our good friend Elsie. Because um, she was trying to stop him with her computer. It wasn't working. I, I'm, I'm assuming she didn't press something to make him self-destruct. He did it on his own. So that, you know, I don't, what, are, what are your thoughts on that, buddy? To me, it's either two things. He was driven mad by this obsession that he didn't understand. He was caught. It was like the guys around the campfire who were caught in that loop. He himself seemed to be caught in this loop of carving shit and putting that constellation in it. Um, what that constellation means, I mean, it kind of, even that, like um shell or something that had the constellation on it almost looked like someone's scalped head. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a connection to the map. Okay. Um, or maybe, okay. And the other, other reason would be exactly what you said. It, 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 it's self-destructed because it didn't want to get caught. It didn't want its memories to be read or, Arnold, the voice, uh, told him to do it. The pro mm -hmm. his, he had a different set of programming, almost like a Hal type deal where it was like, you're don't hurt people, but also don't let them get to your programming. Don't let them figure out what you know. Um, so he jumps on to what did MIB do to Dolores? God, this, yeah, this is getting to me because, you know, he says, you know, we're getting re reacquainted. We're, I don't know if he says start from the beginning. I, I, I or that's exactly what he says. He says, okay. he says, let's start from the beginning. And he says that twice. We see him say yeah. that twice in the episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to find out, but that, I mean, cause she's, 
you know, I'm wondering, there's definitely some connection there, but you know, I, at this point, I don't have a clue, but I, I, I you know, that this is one of the mysteries I really want to know. Cause I, but I think it's one of those where it'll make a lot of sense. Well, hopefully it, uh, about a lot what's going on. I think that seems to be more of a, you know, season ending, maybe mystery, maybe not. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to get my footing with this show. Uh, but it, it, it's, and when she finally shoots that guy with the mustache, wh- whose voice says shoot him or kill him? Well, that's a great question because I've listened to it a couple of times and it does have like the deepness of Bernard's voice, but it doesn't sound like Bernard. It doesn't sound like anyone I've heard of. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think you're supposed to think that that's Arnold's voice. Yeah, that's, that's what I figured. So if let's go with that, let's say that it is Arnold's voice. Who, you know, so is Arnold, is his consciousness alive in the park? Is it someone using his voice? I mean, there's so many different things, right? Is is he, did he program, is it all about code in these androids? Is Arnold's footprint in there? So, and and they're starting to come out. Well, I I think the story that, Ford is trying to tell us is exactly what you just said. Yeah. That it's, maybe it's remnants of, of, uh, that, that mistake mm-hmm. that Arnold made. I mean, that scene is really very, very interesting because he just kind of throws off the line He's taught, oh, those, those three years were amazing. No one was in the park. It was just us. It was just experimenting. And then he just kind of turns away from Bernard and he says, they passed the Turing test within the first year. Now the Turing test is the test that, uh, scientists have come up with to test whether a computer is sentient, whether it's thinking for itself. So to say they passed a Turing test in the first year is basically to say, look, we went down. The first thing we did was go down the road of AI. So it's setting, it's also setting up this weird original sin thing that's going on with the God and the devil and why it is the devil. It's it's getting it, it. I like the way it's getting deep like that, but I kind of think that this is, these are, this is shade being thrown our way. It deepens the mystery and the story and the validity, but I don't think it's really telling us the motivations of what's behind the characters of what's really happening. You know, mm-hmm. is it that, um, Ford has now grown old and he, he agrees with this point of view that if there is an Arnold, you know, that he's kind of forwarding that in a way he's, he's manipulating Bernard to do it for him without having to do it almost. Mm -hmm. So he has like, um, reasonable deniability about it. I don't know. Yeah. And real quick, I I just feel like, in, after this episode, and I think I might have mentioned this last podcast, I almost feel like Ford 
not that he wants to die. Like when I forgot about, he said Arnold died, you know, in the park or in Westworld. Uh, I just, before that, I was like, Ooh, I think he wants to die there. And then he brought up, brings up the thing about Arnold. I'm like, Oh, but Arnold died there. I just feel like he's, he's, you know, again, his conversation with wild bill there and the pilot, I just feel like he's almost, he, he's at the end and he's going to die soon. And he's just trying to do one last swan song thing. Why oh. he's telling me. I just really feel that. Solo, I, I, you act, you activate my mind state solo. You know that? <laughs> oh, we, we got lost in, uh, in Google translation there for a second, but, um, uh, that's an interesting idea because he has that whole other conversation with Bernard in the first episode where he says like human beings, we've come, we've come to the end. We've conquered disease. You know, um, the only thing we haven't conquered is resurrecting the dead. Like, is this, is this some elaborate suicide that he's pulling and using yeah, the, Hmm. Right. I, I mean, I, I, that's the. I I think that's what he's setting up. He's gonna go out with a bang. <laughs> I don't know what the bang is, but it just. I just again, that's just my gut feeling, but I think it's in there, right? I like it, dude. I I like it. I like what we're building here. Uh, let's continue. Okay. Um, what will William and his friend do with Dolores? Uh, well, that, that's a big question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's a connection there with William and Dolores, of course. Um, I like that we did find out that, you know, there was a question what their relationship was. That So William's married to his friend's sister for a year. So we found that out. So now we see the connection there. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. And why... If she's an, is it part of the storyline or is it just her side effects of why she's collapses? You know, like it felt like she was just, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was a storyline thing or programmed. I really feel she's emotionally spent and she really, she collapses. So is she malfunctioning? Is it her, con- you know, what's going on there? What do you think? That's really that's I hadn't even thought of it that way. That's true. That that's not a very programmed response, you yeah. know. Like she was reacting. You know, it comes back to like Bernard said to her, the history of all human evolution comes down, or all sentient life on this planet comes down to mistakes. So these series of programming errors and mistakes and her remembering and when she gets shot but then she remembers oh no that's not happening now that happened that was a different guest that shot me and she looks down and sees the face of both fathers uh, you know and these little mistakes trigger a response in her and like um like aunt like uh ford was saying it kind of it bootstraps consciousness it kind of like pushes it up and makes it happen because even though all these neurons and everything she had are artificially constructed, they start to behave in a manner that then sparks life. 
And it's like, did we see her become sentient right there? Because throughout this entire episode, she is go is vacillating back and forth when she has the conversation with Teddy on the hilltop. It's like, she's looking at him sometimes and she's like, why are you just repeating this same bullshit to me? And she questions him about why do you say someday, not today or tomorrow, you know? And then she says, but that kind of sounds like some, something somebody would say with, and then she kind of gets back into the loop and then she breaks the loop. Like she's vacillating back and forth. And what Bernard was saying about these two people that are within her. And now she's trying to, she admits she's trying to find herself is, did we see that when she collapses into, uh, William's arms? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. We got an email from Brianna. Do you want to read that? Bree sent us an email, which is great. Um, she goes, I can't sleep after tonight's episode. Uh, my theory is that Dr. Ford was lying about Arnold being dead. I believe that Arnold is the gunslinger man in black. So that's, you know, along those lines. So she gives reasons. Okay. Uh, number one, he's been in the park for 30 years. Same amount of time the park parks been open. Number two, he knows about maps under robot scalps. Who else would know that? He's number three. He says something to Dolores in the barn suggesting they already know each other. Number four, Dr. Ford seems like he's hiding something, has ulterior motives. And number five, I don't know what it means or why it happens, but in the first episode, bullets go right through the gunslinger. But in episode three, when William is shot at, although he doesn't get hurt, he feels uh, when the man, he feels the shot that the man shot at him. This is what I'm thinking so far. Obviously, <laughs> I've got a lot uh, to go, but these were my thoughts watching the episode. Can't wait to hear the podcast, Brie. I, I like I like how she laid it out there. It was like perfect. Um, yeah, that that was interesting too. Because when, in the, like she said in the pilot, when the gunslinger gets shot, the man in black, he it's like no big deal. And then when William gets shot, he really feels it. Now it's the first time he's been shot, so. I'm thinking the gunslinger has been shot so many times before. If he's been shot at for 30 years, he probably has some sort of, eh, that's nothing <laughs> feeling to it. See, I, I don't know, man. This okay. is, this is now bringing that in particular. I could go down her list. He's been in the park for 30 years. We don't know that that's the same amount of the time of time that the park's been open. The 30 years is the incident that happened and um, how long the man in black says he's been coming to the park for that. Not yeah. necessarily. We don't, there's some indication it may have been open longer, but then if you look at how old Anthony Hopkins looked when they did that awesome CGI, which looked great, um, he kind of looked like he was in his thirties and then maybe, he, so who knows? Okay. The maps under the scalps, I don't know if that really, that kind of seems like a straw. That doesn't really, doesn't mean that he's Arnold. Um, what he says in the, the stuff with Dolores, definitely I like. I don't, I don't know if these things say that he was Arnold more so than they're just points about the man in black. I obviously agree that Ford is hiding something. But what I want to say about the William thing is there is a, a, a lot of talk. 
And we talked about it, I think, in the last episode, and I had thought about it as soon as we see William and we see what was going on after that episode, which is that we're seeing two different timelines here. And in William's timeline, it's the past. And back then, that is how they shot at people. But now that the park is older and they had that incident, they the robots now cannot physically pull the trigger when faced with a guest in any way harm them. So um, when they're shooting at the man in black, they're just missing. It's the same thing as when Teddy tried to shoot the man in black and peop- and he just couldn't pull the trigger when it got close to his head. Remember? Yeah, because I remember the shot did go off him, his shoulder. But yeah, then he couldn't kill. He couldn't pull the trigger at the end. I don't remember that- the shot going off his shoulder. I'd have to watch that again. No, I do. I do. I. It did go like you see, like smoke go off him. Mm. He didn't. Okay, because the whole idea that Dolores then falls into William and Ed, and Logan is his friend's name, her brother-in-law's name at the end of the episode kind of contradicts the entire different timeline theory. Unless we're seeing Dolores at different times. And this is the incident. Hmm. And we're not actually seeing Dolores in the present. The only time we actually saw Dolores in the present were at, Maybe the stuff with her dad is happening. See, they could mess with us like that. And I just don't know how deep to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. And, and, and you had mentioned before, and that was one of my big questions when she's at the house, gets shot. And then like, then all of a sudden she realized she's not shot. That confused me. What was that? A, did that happen again? You know, twice, or is she remembering something else? Um. Well, I believe that we're supposed to be having the idea that she is not just having fleeting um, fragments of code left in from previous uh, cycles. She is now absorbing them into her regular consciousness and she knows that she's been through this before. So she knows she's about to get shot because this has played out so many times before that that's what happens when it goes this way. Oh, okay. You know, but then it, but then you say to yourself, how would it go that way? If she leaves the barn after having shot the other guy, because we're supposed to believe that that's the first time that happened. So, you know, it could just be that that was the slight hiccup in the story and there's different variations of the story. Sometimes she goes and gets, goes into the barn and she's raped. Sometimes she escapes and that guy shoots her. But why would the guy shoot her? The only reason he shot her is because she had a gun. So that's, what's interesting to me. If that has played out before then doesn't that negate it being the first time that she shot the guy in the barn? Mm. That Then that would make that not as groundbreaking an event as we think it is, 
But the real groundbreaking event to me was less that she shot the guy and more that she's having all these flashes. And instead of like Maeve, who's having them and then kind of bounces back, she is reacting to them and it's changing her behavior. what's, What's interesting too is like that when she wakes up and sees the gun in the drawer, then she looks in the mirror, the gun's gone. And then in the barn there, the gun was in the hay. Like, how did that get there? Why is that gun there? Like, okay, well, that's that's another good question. <laughs> I rewatched it. Okay. Uh, obviously, that part, and I kind of went step by step through it. And the guy picks her up and brings her into the barn. When he throws her down both of her hands are grasping his arm and then they both let go and go into the hay. She turns over. She has the gun. He looks down at his gun and notices it's not there. He goes to draw his gun. So I think we're supposed to think that she grabbed the gun. It could be a continuity error in filming that her hands are around it. So I don't want to get too deep into that, Mm -hmm. but I think we're supposed to question whether or not she grabbed the gun from him. That is the gun that disappeared that she put in the drawer earlier in the episode, right? Mm -hmm. Or, and it was already there or she's like glitching out. And this isn't really happening or had just happened once before. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's strange. It's the same thing in the beginning of the episode when she puts the gun in the drawer and then she looks down and it's gone. And you could easily say she's glitching out. Mm. You know, or I'm, she she can't sorry. recognize the gun because it's just like the photograph. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm out right now it gets deep baby come on come on solo come down this rabbit hole with me oh oh, okay hold on let me okay i'm in i'm in the rabbit hole all right but do you see what i'm you where i'm coming from oh yeah i who i mean it it, it's a very vet it makes sense but at the same time i don't you know yeah wow all right i'll have to stew on that but yeah, no, I think I'm with you. All right. Um, yeah, it the whole gun thing is is very was very interesting. Um, let's go. We have an email from Dadzy. Loving the podcast. Finally able to make time to drop you a note. I I think we can now say that the Man in Black is not a projected timeline personality of William. Fuck you, Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, just kidding. Um, but I was starting to buy into that theory. It made me sad. He didn't want to be spoiled. Um, the episode showed us that there are multiple malfunctions going on, even outside of the bots we see toyed with, whether through visual cues like Daddy 2.0's picture and the wacky dude in the hole who gives himself a permanent case of CTE. <laughs> he is the bot I found most interesting this first watch through. If the bots are beginning to rationalize and develop a sense of self, what they believe are voices in their heads 
uh, Rockhead bot may have lost it as he picked up some shadow of Ursa Major and its connection to the bear. Did this set off a previous incarnation of this bot? Is the Ursa Major sign a key to traveling to the center of the maze, or at very least a clue, and deep down every bot has a shadow map ghosted by Albert into their wiring, and getting only a bit of the picture short-circuits their logic system and makes them go nuts? Anyway, that's what I caught up with this episode, and I hope it gives you guys a little bit to ponder. Well, thanks, buddy. Um, That's really interesting. I like that. So the picture is almost like a code word in itself. And it's, yeah, it's Arnold, not Albert. <laughs> oh. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uncle Arnold. Um, <laughs> wow, that's deep. I'm going to have you take this because I'm still pondering it. Um, No, I mean, I, I think I think that that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That um, there's, if you think about fragments of a code... They could be visual, they could be auditory, they could be situational. Um, so I think that that's interesting and maybe we'll, we're, we're going to see them that this, this virus or whatever is communicable through both air and your wang. You know what I mean? Right. right. <laughs> I like that idea. All right, buddy, let's go uh, to Bill Kava. A good friend, Bill Cava, who I met at the uh, Lost Concert a few weeks ago, or however long. Bill says, you guys are doing an awesome job. Well, thank you, Bill. So these Wyatt wackos, I'm thinking they're squatters staying in Westworld as a cult. They all came as guests originally, but never checked out, even though the maid knocked on the door every day. Teddy kept shooting them, and it had no effect. No MIB this week, but I still think he's future William, a future where the transportation center is flooded, which probably means everyone in that world is a host, or maybe some are guests that have been stuck there since the incident. Also, love the concept of the robots being created by a 3D printer. At least that's what I see in the intro. Okay, guys, I probably got more, but it's, but that's it for now, Bill. All right. Yeah, I noticed that when uh, Teddy is, is shooting the uh, the Wyatt wackos, as we'll call them, uh, yeah, that nothing was happening. So I was like, my first thing was, oh, wow, are these a bunch of guests that grouped together and decided to form this cult thing and go af- after people? Um, do you think they've been there for a while and they've been off the grid? Do you think it's a new thing? Do you think it's a st- well, I guess it can't be a storyline thing, right? Because they're evidently not, doesn't look like they're hosts. No, it could be a storyline. They could just be guests who decided to join that storyline. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, we see there's a lot of sick wackos that like to go to Westworld and just kill shit. People would choose to be the bad guy. You know, um, there's also, this is interesting. Uh, I, I saw this idea. I think it was on Reddit actually. No. Um, that they are where they are hosts wearing the dead skin of people. (laughs) So the bullets don't hit them. Oh God. I don't buy that at all. 
But I just thought, hey, somebody's going to think it, so we might as well say it on the show. (laughs) I don't know. I found that to be really interesting, man. Um, Yeah, there it was having no effect. Um, Teddy's bullets were having no effect, and um, actually, I heard this on Bald Move that you know, there's this big ARG and people are playing it, and I'm not. I don't think I'm going to do it because I think. First of all, I don't know if I have time for that. And secondarily, from what we found, from what I found doing that previously, it's probably a lot of spoiler stuff and stuff that I don't I mean, it's probably pretty cool if you're into it, but I, I, I just don't think I'm going to get into it. You're going to get into the ARG solo? I don't have the time. I, I can't do it. Solo's got to move, baby. Yeah, I got, I got stuff going on. No ARG for me, but I'll, <laughs> you know. I'll ARG myself. Um, <laughs> go on. Solo's ARG free. Yeah, I mean, Reddit and ARG free. Um, so um, uh, one of the things is said in one of these manuals or introductions to Westworld or something or guest book is that in the case that one guest is trying to harm another, the host will act as a um block between them or they will try to stop this situation mm-hmm. they'll protect people that are in trouble and i like the way that teddy did that he like sent away that woman who i think was a guest yeah she was yeah i really liked her man i hope we get to see yeah, more of her actress yeah i you know that's oh and i i have to just drop a quick uh uh an actor I worked with on the film Down and Dangerous worked with Ross Marquand, who's on Walking Dead now, and then Dusty Sorg. He played the uh, blonde hair guy that was hanging out with the the hoodlums, and Teddy was gonna shoot him. He goes, "I want something easy," and then he's at the house. Dolores yeah. is again worked with him on the film too. So some Down and Dangerous alums. People are now. I was on Game Shakers. Now I got to get on Westworld. Polo got to get on season two. Yeah, baby. Right. I want to give a little shout out to Dusty. He's a fantastic actor, so it was great to see him. That's awesome, show. man. That's awesome. Hey, maybe we could have him on or something. Try to get in contact with him solo. All right. Yeah, let's see if his how his storyline goes and then yeah, I'll uh I'll get in I'll try to get in touch with him so we can maybe have him on to talk about some stuff. Cool, man. Yeah, it'd be fun to talk about how they make the show. Um I just think that it's really interesting setting up this thing as why it is this crazy guy who decided that the voice that he was hearing the voice of God in his head and that this land didn't belong to the um, native people or, or the new settlers. And this to me sounds almost like setting up a scenario where the hosts who did hear Arnold's voice, the voice of God were crazy and then would be in opposition to the hosts who didn't hear the voice. So it's almost like a fail safe against a complete revolt that, is Ford trying to set up a situation 
where the overall narrative will, like I was saying last time, be that the game you're playing is the host revolt, that the hosts remember that you're a part of, you're not just a part of this game. You're not just killing. You are becoming something greater because you are actually part of the creation of AI. You are playing that game and that's the game of Westworld. And within that game, there has to be a balance that's held. So the people, when they become sentient, the other hosts will see this as them being lunatics and the game will be for them to try to kill each other. I don't know, just something I was thinking about, but also the idea of why it being like this devil, you know, they kept on saying that there was so many mentions of God and the devil in this episode. And a lot of people have been talking about that. Like is Ford trying to kind of introduce religion back to this world because at the end of the last episode we saw like that looked like the top of a buried church or something yeah the steeple well we never went back to that Mm. right correct not yet so it's just a lot of ideas are out there and i like i like that though i think that's so interesting the way they kept on saying over and over why it is the devil and and this backstory that ford himself created is that this guy started hearing voices in his head, which is the exact thing that Bernard told him about, and he acted like it was nothing. Yeah, because that's a great point, because when you think about it, this whole Wyatt thing was created by Ford, and it was just put into Teddy's backstory. Yeah. So, hello? Yeah, that's a total Ford creation. So it's, yeah, it's... Interesting. Now, do you think you know how Ford d- dismissed Lee's new narrative and all that? So, is he putting in things that maybe does everyone know he's doing it? Is he doing it on his own? Does he have to answer to anyone? Ooh, Ford. Yeah. Well, I guess the only person he has to answer to is the board. And we had that conversation with Teresa and Bernard, which was confirmation that the new storyline had been implemented, which is, she said he pulled half the resources, half the hosts, and he screwed up half the storylines and the board is getting upset. And I just think this fictional board, even the conversation they had, I don't know, man, it just, it's... You know, again, maybe I'm reading too into it, but it just, it all seems very stagey and typical to me of, of like a science fiction show, you know? Um, but let's get, let's jump into Scotty six. All right. Um, it seems very clear that someone is setting up Dolores to kill MIB. The real gun is planted for her to find. Terry's storyline has changed not only to have him teach her to shoot, but also to remove her from the narrative so he cannot save her, forcing her into the barn and finally allowing her to take the host gun and practice being able to kill someone. The writers hit us over the head with this to the point of being a little much with her flashing to the MIB. So the question is, who is doing it and why? Three options. Ford. He changes the storyline. He changes the programming. Low. Obviously, he is hiding that he hasn't updated her software. Bernard. 
obviously is hiding that he hasn't updated her software, which Ford thinks he has. Voice of God. Number three, voice of God, Arnold. He tells her to kill him. So he's thinking that voice was Arnold. This is very interesting. What's that? Oh, I just said, what you talking about, Scotty? You know, Arnold, sorry. That's all right, Solo. That's all right, baby. Um, (laughs) I hadn't thought of that before. Mm. That by having the Wyatt story be introduced, it takes Teddy away from her. So he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's big time. And that's purposeful. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, we were going over like Groundhog Day, but it's a big point that Teddy's not there because she goes there and goes, why would daddy leave, you know, the cattle out so late? And all that was going on. And that that is a big thing to take Teddy away from that storyline. Hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Very interesting. Yeah. For well, that's our that's what it's all coming down to now. Ford, Bernard, Arnold. Right? Who's trying to make this happen? They all seem to be. Who is Arnold? Who is Bernard? I just wanted to point out that the whole conversation that Bernard has with his wife over that video phone, Mm -hmm. that just seemed like such, that was, again, to me, like the so typical things that people would be writ that people would write for people to say to each other if they lost a child. Not that that isn't horrific, and granted, um, what they were saying rang true, but it just seemed very typical to me. It just didn't seem real. You know, it's funny. I was totally going off away from the show and thinking, gosh, if me and Lady Solo had a baby and a child and it died, you know, I was thinking I would hope we'd still stay together and get through it together. Where in a lot of shows and I probably in real life, I, I don't know. Um, it seems like the parents end up splitting up because it's too hard. And I, I, I guess in my own mind, my heart, I would want to stay with my wife and get through it together. But I guess, you know, you know, we react differently to a child's death. And I was just like, so I'm assuming they're not together anymore, but they're still in contact and it's just too painful for them to talk about it. Um, are you, are you and, uh, cause she does mention that his work drove them away. So there could have been more of a history there, why they broke up. But, um, what we, what, what are kind of your reactions to that? I know it's a, it's, it, it's a heavy subject and it's not something to take lightly. Um, I guess I'm just the optimist in that case that, you know, you get through stuff together and no matter how bad it is, cause tons of stuff I've been through with my family with, you know, death or near death experience, we've, we, we got closer together through it. Uh, I know it's probably different with a child, but when, you know, I had a bad accident and my, you know, I almost lost my life, but I, I, I would never see my parents splitting up because of it. I'd feel them getting closer. But again, that's my experience with my family. So it's just, you know, you wonder, do they have problems to begin with? Or I don't know. I, I, I guess, um, it, it, it just, I, I kind of went away from the show and started thinking of real life there. And then I was like, Oh, I got to get myself back before I start going down a path of sad. 
No, it's I don't even want to think about it, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. it's awful. But that's what I mean by. So the scene got you, and I just think it was too good. It was too. It was like, and and I think that on average, probably I would bet if you looked at um like averages that m- many more people stay together. I just think it's just a typical story. It's just like what or just like what he said about um Arnold. His personal life suffered because of his work. He lost his family. It's he was like telling Bernard his own story. Mhm. You know, and I just felt like it was just too convenient. And their whole conversation uh and shout out to what's her name Gina Rodriguez? Is that her name? No, Gina Torres, I think. Yeah, um, Lawrence Fishburne's wife. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, Firefly. Yeah, she's been in a lot of great stuff. Um, Alias but, too. Yeah, it, it just it didn't. It seemed like bullshit to me. So my answer to you was, when I first watched it, I thought this is such a typical scene between people. You know, like I'm sorry, I just wasn't. I just didn't. They're great actors and everything, but it, it didn't really get me. And then when I watched it the second time, it just seemed really artificial. Okay. Yeah, just a little, little too, little too convenient for me. But uh, let's jump in, yeah. Scott. Scott has a couple more points. Um, okay. He he uh, he says uh, he makes mention uh, that Stubbs uh, Hemsworth may be a host, like the joke you said about um, his programming. Um, Backstory. Yeah, his backstory, right. Um, But I did want to mention that she mentions there and with the guys with the axe about this new security protocol. And that's why they're in that loop that they can no, they no longer can even touch it, you know, which, which I thought was interesting because this place doesn't seem to be running very well, but at least they did one update that got through, you know, (laughs) I know, right. Um, uh, he, he says it was made very clear, uh, to the viewer that MIB is not Arnold via the picture. I don't remember seeing the picture though. Yeah. You see the picture and it's not, it doesn't look anything like Ed Harris. Not at all. And that was, what's that? Unless in like in Lost, they changed Tony or Desmond. Oh yeah, they they had cast a different actor. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, that was important, but I don't. Again, I don't know. I think that that was fishy to me, man. Um, and he he does mention uh, the sounds that came from Wyatt's men. Uh, those were crazy, man. That was very Lost like. Um. All right, we got another email from uh, Gina, uh, Lady Stargarian. Ooh. All right, Lady Stargarian. Um, she says, MIB, coming for 30 years. Perhaps he had a romance with Dolores at one point. Maybe if he was William, right? Has Dolores yeah. any, ever played anyone but Dolores? Has she ever been used as other characters and other storylines? Well, she had to have been because she said that she's one of the originals, that she's been rebuilt over and over again. Um, is 
She's proposing that Bernard is a host. The secret conversations with Dolores going to incite a host revolt through her, all the books he gives her about change. This is what I was thinking at first, but then along came Arnold. What if Arnold created Bernard before he died and Bernard is programmed with Arnold's brain power and key initiative to finish his work for him? Arnold wanted to, like that, right? Arnold wanted to create consciousness in the host. Isn't Bernard doing the same thing with Dolores? Arnold's personal life was marked by tragedy. So is Bernard's. With the death of his son, Arnold Bernard would have had Arnold as Bernard would have an unusually close bond to Dolores because he was her creator or one of them. Bernard's wife via the video phone could just be a program. The loss of his son with her is a backstory. He wakes up and for a split second forgets when and where he is. He said that. That's interesting. She says waking like a computer startup or reboot. Very interesting. Uh, Then she states flaw in the system. Teddy's main goal is to keep Dolores in town, but his new backstory leads him out of town and diverts him from watching her. Does not compute. And as a result, she gets away. And then Teddy's bullets don't work on that weird tribe at all. Were they all human? All right, a couple different points there, but we had talked about those. That's interesting. She noticed that too. What do you think about that Bernard stuff, man? I like the way she laid that down. I love it. That, that, this is, see, this is my own personal Reddit. People email in Gina. I, I love that theory. I, this is one of the first theories that I'm like, I mean, all your theories I love, Axel. Don't get me wrong, but I hear them. I don't read them. Um, <laughs> wow. That would be incredible. That, that would, I, she could be onto something. I don't know. That would be, that would blow me away. Even though Gina brought it up, if that happened, I'd be like, holy crap. That would, cause that, that's something that I wasn't even thinking of, but it, it, it it makes sense. Does it make sense to you? It makes sense to me. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even though I'm, you know, there's, I'm very open to other things. I don't want to try to change the whole show to my view, just because I'm questioning things or even the whole story about Arnold. If it turns out that that is a guy and that, that that's a very interesting idea, but I still question Ford's motives. That's the, yeah. But would Ford would know. You would think he would know if Bernard was an android. Well, that's what or I maybe- think. Yeah. Like is the, uh, another way could be that she and I are both right. Uh, and I say, you know, there, but then I'm wrong, which is there was an Arnold, but he built Bernard and Anthony Hopkins Ford kept Bernard around, but didn't tell anybody. And now the pro now he's starting to kind of unearth that same reveries. That's that same programming in Bernard. So he can use him to, to awaken the other hosts. Yeah. Cause, cause to me, it, it would seem like Bernard doesn't know. He thinks he's human. Mm-hmm. The whole Skype call, if that's just, like you said, it's not him just calling his ex-wife. Maybe that is a kind of just a to get him back on track thing. 
that would make sense. Yeah. Oh man. I like that. All well, right. We have know. another email from Tariq. You want to read that one, buddy? I'd like to, because I love Tariq. All right. He sends an email. The evidence. Oh, uh, he goes, just a quick email to discuss the alternate timelines theory on Westworld. The evidence, as far as I can tell, is the changing company logo. When William first arrives at Westworld, we see a very different version of the company logo on the walls. <clears throat> I know uh, when I listen to Ball Move, a couple of, they had mentioned that maybe with the reshoots, that's something they missed. But I, you know, I don't know if I want to go there. But let's just follow Tariq. We see at other times, too, most notably in a scene showing a man in a white lab coat operating what looks like an earlier, more robotic version of a Westworld host. He has the older, more primitive-looking logo on his lab coat. Then there are two references to 30 years ago. Both the catastrophic failure and the birth of the man in black are said to have happened 30 years in the past. This can't be a coincidence. Westworld is written by Jonathan Nolan. Or as you say, Jonah Nolan. Why? Why do you say Jonah Nolan? It's not Jonathan. No, that's the way he he he's called Jonah. Okay, so Jonah Nolan, one of the most deliberate writers working in film and TV today. Nothing happens by accident. The theory is that William's timeline is taken place thirty years in the past, and that the catastrophic failure happens while he is there. Possibly that he or his relationship with Dolores is somehow responsible for what happens. The series, the theory suggests that the man in black, whose timeline is happening in the present, could potentially be William 30 years on, and that the events of the catastrophic failure are what led him to turning from good to bad, if he is indeed bad. Um, while this leads to the final piece of evidence showing William choosing to wear a white hat when he first enters Westworld seems an obvious foreshadowing of the man in black's choice of a black hat 30 years later. This is, I assume, meant to reflect his changed nature after the catastrophic failure and whatever mark this event left upon him. He says that, in a sense, I was born here. Now, some determined to write this theory off again, but Jonah and Nolan this is Jonah Nolan, the man who wrote Memento, as you, you mentioned before, and adapted the prestige for the screen. Nolan clearly loves nonlinear storytelling, and it seems pretty obvious, to me at least, that this is the sort of time-twisting narrative, which is precisely what's going on in Westworld. Look forward to hopefully hearing your take on this theory, our good friend Tariq from Across the Pond. All right. Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked a little bit about, um, this and I, if you watch the show, there's other things. Um, they say that Clementine used to be the madam before Maeve came around and whenever Williams around Clementine seems to be the madam. Um, there's not a lot of crossover between William and Logan and um, Dolores or some of the other guests that we see that seem to be in the present time. Um, I don't know about the logo stuff, but I do, like I said, I agree with Tariq that Jonah Nolan, I mean, this guy, right. This is what he loves doing writing like this to be able to mix like the AI stuff like person of interest with the inception prestige memento stuff um, is, you know, seems like a great opportunity. But again, the end when Dolores 
falls into William's arms, does that disprove it or does it actually prove it? Meaning this, okay? She's glitching out. She sees the shot, but the shot's not there. Again, has this happened before? She rides off. And when we see her with William and uh, um, Logan, she's now fully, she might be passed out in the barn still, but she's glitched out and she's seeing we're now kind of that fused these timelines for us. Maybe, maybe it's only as the viewer. And now we're going to see how this in led to this catastrophic event and Logan gets killed or something. And then William is interconnected with Dolores, but begins to hate her because of what she is or what she isn't. I mean, it could be that. And we later look back and it's like, you know, with loss, when you say, Oh my God, I never realized that when that was happening, that was really happening. So what we saw at the end of the episode was not concurrent from that last scene. It was actually concurrent from when it had happened 30 years ago and she glitched out and was just kind of living in that memory. I don't know, but I, it doesn't, um, I'm still interested to see the way, the way in which it proceeds, but the, also the gun, the shooting thing, you know, you say you saw the man in black, something bounce off him. I don't remember that. Um, but you, you know, I trust you. So maybe that doesn't show that they changed the way they can use the guns and stuff. But I, I know I'm willing to buy into at, at this point. We, it's three episodes in. Who knows? We could go either way, and I, I, I like it. If it turns out it's not true, I'm cool with it. If it turns out it's true, I think they've built that. Yeah, yeah, it could go either way. It would. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do specifically remember Man in Black, like scene of like a powder, a, you know, some smoke or powder go off him. But that could be. I mean. That could be just he's so, like I said he's so used to it that it doesn't hurt him anymore. Like he knows the pain, like because when William gets shot, it's for the first time, and it's like whoa, I, I, that'd be really cool to see if this is a you know an earlier storyline. Um, I I hope it is. That'd be really cool. But at the same time, you know, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be upset. But it would it would be freaking. It would make. I, I think we're heading there, but. Really, really, what's gonna really, I think, po- point it in either direction is you know what we see now with William Dolores and Logan. If now, will this storyline end that night and start over again, or is something gonna happen where they continue? Like, again, I don't know when they have to can you know, do we know yet, Axel? If you just go all night or do you have to go to bed and wake up or is when Dolores wakes up for a new day? Is that like after two weeks when the new people come in, you know, I, I'm still mm. confused at when you have to go to sleep. Do you, is there a curfew or are you just on your own for two weeks? You know that I don't know. Yeah. I mean, her, her loop seems pretty short. You know, she wakes up, she either paints or she doesn't. She goes into the town, you know, either a guest or 
Um, Teddy pick up the milk. You know, she goes back to the barn. Some guest is there killing her family. They rape her. They kill Teddy. You know, that seems like that could happen in one day. But again, you're right. We don't know. It could be that it progresses and in certain ways she's taken off that to a different storyline like we've seen Teddy do, you know? So it's interesting. Yeah, and when she escapes, was she supposed to do that? Could that mess things up? You know, again, we don't know, but it's interesting. And maybe that's why she collapses because she strayed away from her storyline and maybe she's out on – her own way of thinking kind of like the stray again that was the episode name maybe this is also dolores straying from her storyline yeah or it was the way that she did 30 years ago <laughs> or that, yeah <laughs> but then again that's right that's that's the point that lady stargard i think made um which is did dolores always play that character you know, would she yeah. have been that same character? So I don't know. Uh, let's get to our last piece of email. We're going pretty long tonight, but it's well worth it. We're having fun. And okay. it's uh, from our good friend, Matt, formerly of the Smoke Hatch. Yes. Yes. Um, says, glad that you guys were doing a Westworld podcast. We're glad that you're listening. Um, in this week's Destroy, are we? I'm just kidding. Are we? Or is he? Uh-oh. Ooh. Is he a host? In this week's episode, <laughs> Destray, Ford laid down some heavy exposition on his former partner, Arnold. Ford explains to Bernard that Arnold was working towards achieving consciousness for the host. Memory, improvisation, self-interest. The last piece to his formula was unknown, but he had a theory based on the bicameral mind, and so do I. Bicameralism, the philosophy of two-chamberedness, is a hypothesis in psychology that argues that the human mind once assumed a state in which cognitive functions were divided between one part of the brain, which appears to be speaking, and a second part which listens and obeys, a bicameral mind. The term was coined by Julian Jaynes, who presented the idea in his 1976 book The Origin of Consciousness and the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind wherein he made the case that a bicameral mentality was the normal and ubiquitous state of the human mind as recently as 3,000 years ago. Jaynes theorized that a shift from bicameralism marked the beginning of introspection and consciousness as we know it today. This is, he, this, he got this from Wikipedia. My theory is that Arnold died trying to transfer his consciousness into a host. This was the final piece to his pyramid, I also think Arnold left some backdoor code in those verbal triggers to allow access into a host's mind. This bit of code he called chestnut, a verbal trigger that could be passed around by uttering the phrase, these violent delights have violent ends. It was long forgotten, but now remembered due to Ford's introduction of reveries. Arnold is the voice of the bicameral mind, bootstrapping consciousness into hosts updated with chestnut. Ford, realizing the mistake, is making preparations to manipulate the masses with religion under the guise of a Westworld storyline expansion, St. Arnold's Church of the Bicameral Mind. <laughs> anyway, I've got to say, Westworld is shaping up to be a really great show. 
haven't had so much speculation on the plot of some TV since the days of Lost. Hopefully the show won't completely blow the ending like Lost did. Just kidding. No, but seriously. Keep up the great work. Lost was great. Um, See, a lot of people are talking about this, that Ford is starting like this religion. You know, there's a lot of talk of God and why it is the devil and why it hears the voices in his head. Um, but I don't see the last part. He's kind of joking is, you know, about the thing about the St. Arnold's church of the bicameral mind, but he says Ford realizing the mistake is making preparations to manipulate the masses. So that's interesting to me is what Ford is doing with Bernard actually setting up Dolores to be an opposition of this in some way. Um, Mm. and he, that's why he's kind of pushing that experiment. So it's almost like awaken them in a different mind because Dolores seems so pure and at her base programming is that optimism, you know, where he says, even Bernard says to her in their conversation, if you knew what this world was, right. It was, Mm -hmm. it's like hell. And then she, and then she, like lapsed back in their program. And she said, I prefer to see the world a different way. Right. That was pretty good. Axel. I like that accent. Thank you. Um, but this is, I think this is great. And, uh, actually Matt put this on, uh, Reddit and had a lot of, uh, play with it. So I know you might hate, hate Reddit solo, but a lot of people were into it and I can see why <laughs> it, it's a great distillation of what the show was trying to say. I, I don't know about the last part that, um, tried to transfer his consciousness, but the back door part, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty evident of what the show is trying to say. So I think this is a very, this is a really good theory here because it makes use of what the show is giving us, um, doesn't stray too crazy. And there is this whole religion thing popping up. It's interesting. Yeah. God, it's amazing when, you know, again, keep the emails coming in because it really, I mean, we, we'll take notes and we'll have our discussion, but it's nice to, I mean, everything I was thinking of was in all these emails and, and it's, you know, better said written out than I could say. So, oh, it's awesome. It's got my mind. I'm, I may go watch the episode for a third time. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving it, man. And, um, thanks everybody for the emails. That's westworlddvr at gmail.com. Send them in. Um, we'll try, we might not get to all of them, but we're going to try our best. Keep on coming back every week. Send us something, make us think. Um, there was a couple things I had from my notes, uh, that I wanted to mention. Um, one thing is I like, we had talked about, I like the way we are getting to know their routines, right? That we can see the changes in them. We were just talking yeah. about this like last week. Are we going to see her wake up again? And we're going to know she's supposed to go there. And we already do. Cause we knew that Teddy wasn't there when she came home, you know? Um, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, uh another thing I wanted to throw at the timeline theory, MIB, when we first see, um, that flash, um, in the barn, uh, with Dolores, he says, let's start at the beginning and it immediately cuts and it opens on William. That's kind of interesting, right? Um, when William looks at the wanted poster, one is the guy that he chooses to go after. 
and the other one is the guy that Samuel that's later shot by uh, by the woman in Teddy. I thought that's kind of fun because a lot of people have talked about how this is like a video game. Now I know you're not a big gamer, right, Heath? Uh, correct. When I was, I played more sports games and then I retired. Okay. I'm a big, I love video games, man. And I don't, I'm not great. I don't do a lot of first person games, but I will. Um, I have played through a bunch of half life and more of the story based ones. I want to do fallout um, and uh, Bioshock. A lot of people have said that there's like some Bioshock stuff in this. But there definitely is a lot of game stuff. So I kind of like the way that, I mean, the whole thing reminds me of the one of the greatest games ever, Red Dead Redemption, which a sequel was just announced. I think it's coming out next fall. Um, but that's a great game where you're the, in, the, in the Wild West. Um, but I like the way you see the poster and it's like, oh, he could have chosen that route. What happened? If he had done that, then he would have gotten with Teddy. and done, So it's just really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. I thought it was interesting. All this stuff about Walter, that milk bandit guy and how he's talking to Arnold, but again, they just put him right back into rotation, right? Like he's just, he, he's there again. So it's, oh, yeah. it's like, they're not, I don't know. That's what I find weird. It's like, they keep on pulling the robots and putting them back and it. And somebody, oh, this is something I want to mention. What's the whole deal with the lower level with the with them in there anyway? Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just wipe them and put them out? Like, why would they even have a section for like old computer? I don't know. It just seemed that that that's like a little weird to me. But you know, a lot of people are saying um, that one of the reasons, like plot wise why it's interesting to have all those hosts down there is if there is a revolt, they're already inside the building. Hmm. Like there's already an army in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah. I still want to see like when uh, Bernard's like, all right, Dolores, you got to get back. So no one misses you. Um, like, what is the process? She, I thought it was the room. Then she, he opens the door and she goes out of the room and then it just fades to black. I want to see how the go to Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they? Right. Where are Dolores and Bernard? Are they underneath? Are they like, cause remember in the first episode, she like looks at a door. I think it's, I don't remember where it was in, I think maybe it was in the bar or something or the saloon or maybe I don't remember if somebody comes out of it or something, but it seems like they have hidden little doors like in Disney world. Yeah. Um, but that's well, about it. De- yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to mention? Um, I, no, I think we hit on everything, Axel. Yeah, I think so, man. That was some, that was some deep combo. Yeah. I think the emails really hit a lot of the stuff I was going to talk about. Uh, so thank you guys again. And uh, yeah, I think uh, it's good stuff. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for listening. This has been the Westworld DVR podcast. Once again, you can find us on Twitter at Westworld DVR. You can email us Westworld DVR at gmail.com and you can join our Facebook group. Just look up Westworld DVR. Um, 
I think you have to like ask to join it and I will say yes. So, uh, thanks again for listening. Email us, hit us on Twitter, follow us, share the podcast, give us an iTunes review. There's a million of these podcasts out there. Uh, but hopefully we're bringing the uh, flavor for you and, uh, I'll let Heath take us out. All right. Thanks again, guys. It's been phenomenal. As Dolores is remembering, so am I. And remember, we're going to start from the beginning and Teddy flood for president. Peace out. I got to come up with something. Well, on the last episode, we'll come up with something. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> That's what we should have asked people to eat, send us suggestions of how we should end the show. No, I had something great and I totally forgot it and I can't remember it now. So, oh, well. All right, man. Great job, brother. Cool. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.